0: Here's Ted Corsia in the Mickey Spillane Mystery, That Hammer Guy.
1: You've got your feet propped up on the corner of your desk and you're all tilted back and relaxed. It's your favorite slouch. Not so much because of the load it takes off your spine, but especially because it angles your eyes just right to watch Zelda across the room. Seven o'clock at
2: night,
1: and they give me ten pages. <laughs> you give her back a smug grin and make a note about their pretty curve and neck makes rising from her shoulders.
3: You had to get these forms out like I had to dye my hair green.
1: You'd be the saltiest greenhead on the block. You get salt from sleeping in a salt mine. <laughs> now, you just be a nice office wife, and the boss will buy you dinner. Now,
3: wait just one second. Is this a strange left-field plan to tap me into getting sick on
1: spaghetti again? What's wrong with Mario's spaghetti? It wiggles on the plate all by itself. So we'll eat someplace else. Now? Carry on, my dear. Caress those... Oh, Mike. Saved by the bell. Answer it. Answer it yourself. Mutiny. Yeah? Mr. Hammer? Yeah?
2: I don't know you, Mr. Hammer, but we have a mutual friend.
1: What do you want?
2: Jim Gordon. I'm
1: calling about
2: Jim. you have got to help him. He's got his back up against
1: the wall, and they're going to... Yeah? Hello? 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 Got a big night all planned out just for you and Velda. But the phone call cuts it out before you can even start. You and Velda get on the phone and start checking to see what kind of a gag this is. You try the trucking office where your old friend Jim Gordon runs his freight business, but nobody answers. You call Jim's brother, but he's not around. You run out of phone calls just in time. Hello?
2: Mike, I've been trying to get you all night long, but your lousy phone's been ringing busy.
1: You don't like the sound of Pat Chambers' voice, and when you hear what he's got to say, you like what he says even less. Word's around you've been looking all over for Jim Gordon. I'm looking, but what's that got to do with homicide? Plenty, Mike. I found him. Yeah, where? In his office in the freight terminal. So what has that got to do with me? Nothing. Unless you can tell me why he put a bullet through his head. You know all the answers, all right, but not to a question like that. Because you know Jim Gordon, too. And he just isn't the type. You've crawled in the mud with Jim Gordon and watched him fight. And when he got it hanging on the barbed wire, you saw him grab his last ounce of life and slam away until he came back. Nobody like Jim Gordon turns a gun on himself. And it's gonna take a long, cold hunk of proof to try to prove otherwise. You take Belder along with you to see a guy both you and Jim knew. He isn't a mutual friend.
2: Well, that's the way the ball bounces, Hammer. Some guys
1: just don't have it. Craig Lawrence has plenty. But he's the kind of a grabber that never thinks he has enough. His favorite method is to buy up the trucking competition, and if that doesn't work, he forces them up. Look, Hammer,
2: we talked enough. Now, how about you and this dame getting out of my office? What's oh, your hurry, Long? I'm a busy man. I run a trucking business, not a quiz show. You're really broken up about Jim Gordon, aren't you? Gordon was nothing to me, just a wildcat punk who scrubbed the knuckles on short hauls. He wants to knock himself off, that's his business. That wasn't what he
1: told me a couple of weeks ago. Which means? You tell me. What's to tell? How about starting with the reason why you wanted to buy him out? So I offered to buy him out. He also told me you would turn down flat.
2: Nobody turns Craig Lawrence down flat. Maybe the police would be interested in that angle.
1: Oh, look, you two, don't go making something out of nothing. It's more than nothing to me. So he was your friend that's got nothing to do with me. Maybe it hasn't. If it was really suicide... What kind of a crack is that supposed to be? You've got a
3: clear track with Jim dead.
1: That is, if you can make everybody believe he killed himself. But his friends know he wasn't the type. He knew better. Look, it was suicide up and down. You'd have been here before when the cops were around. You'd have gotten the story straight. How straight can a story be without witnesses? You could be wrong about that, Hammer. What do you mean? Maybe there was a witness. Who? Henry Bryant the dispatcher. Where is he? How should I know? Oh, nice and pat, huh? Just a little too pat. Okay. Suppose you check with the cops. They're satisfied it was suicide. I don't know what kind of a cop would go for that suicide, Yarn. But maybe Captain Chambers will have a different idea, and I'm going down to homicide and talk to him.
2: <laughs> yeah. You do just that, Helen. Because Chambers is just the cop who went for it. Chambers was here. He said it was suicide.
1: You dropped Belt off on the way down to Pat Chamber's office. You always figured Pat for a smart cop, but his attitude now could go down in history as a guy bucking for stupid. I only know what I see, Mike. I don't read crystal balls. I work right down the back road. You're ready to blow your stack. You just can't figure how Pat can swallow a yarn like that. Now take it easy, Mike. Take it
0: slow and easy.
1: But I told you a guy called me about him being in trouble. I told you about Lawrence trying to buy Jim up. You know what him. kind of a muscle man Lawrence is. He's got a reputation that'd make Beard look like a cream puff. Yeah, I know, I know. Then how can you have the gall to call this a suicide and close the book on it? What else can I do? Oh, I don't get you, Pat. For the first time, I don't read you at all. Well, if you think I'm convinced that Jim Gordon killed himself, you better buy some new bifocals. Well, then why? Uh, give them some string right along. When they think they're getting away with it, we'll catch him off base. Where did you get that badge? From a correspondence school? Mike... You've worked the truth out of tougher guys than Lawrence. Why don't you book him on suspicion? Lawrence? Ah, not him. It's the other guy I'm worried about. What other guy? Henry Bryant, the Gordon dispatcher. Oh, come on, Pat. You don't suspect Bryant, do you? Why not? The handlers down at the terminal told me that Gordon and Bryant were given to dispatching each other from time to time instead of the freight. Pat, they're like you and me. Just because we level off from time to time doesn't mean we kill each other. Then where is Henry Bryant? Why'd he disappear? I don't know. Well, we'll have the answer when we find him. We? What do you mean, we? Well, I'm going to help you find him. In a pig's eye, you are. Now, look. I'm I... trying to be a nice guy. I'm asking you politely to stay out of this. No interference, get me? Interference? A friend of mine's eyes, and you... I'm can't... asking you just once, stay out. We'll find Henry Bryant our own way. The city pays us to do that, not you. Understand? Pat, I can't hear a word you're saying. All right, then. I'm through asking you nicely. Now I'm telling you. Lay off. If I find you sticking your nose in this, it goes down to my book as obstruction of the law. <laughs>
0: just a moment, we'll return to the Mickey Spillane mystery, That Hammer Guy. And now, back to the Mickey Spillane mystery, That Hammer Guy.
1: Obstruction of the law. You've been as thick with Pat Chambers as frozen glue. And now, when you want to help him get the guy you're both looking for, he tells you to lay off. (laughs) You'll lay off, all right. You'll lay off like a desert rat lays off water in an oasis. You pick Veld up just in time to keep her from going to sleep. Don't let it get you, Mike. She tries to find the words, but everything she says makes the steam bubble inside even more.
3: You can't blame Pat for trying to work things out his own way.
1: That isn't good enough for me. To him, it's just another job, another file in his office. But you know Jim was more than that to me. Yes,
3: I know. But there's nothing you can do now. There's plenty I can do. Sure, plenty. Like getting into
1: trouble, like risking your life. I know, Velda, but I just can't help it. It's, It's a chance I gotta take. So, you take the chance. The chance of locating Jim Gordon on your own. Zelda finds Henry Bryant's address in a phone book for you, and then you both head up. You figure maybe somebody in the house can give you a lead.
3: Mike, you're just raking over dead ashes. The police must have been there already. They must have questioned everybody.
1: Sure, but sometimes even the cops don't get all the answers. It's in this block. Now, remember, I'm going to say I'm Bryant's cousin. <laughs> all right.
3: <laughs> hey, take it easy. Why well, try
1: testing your brakes now? Look up the block there, that parked car. What about it? That's Lawrence's Nash convertible. Uh, Are you sure? Positive. He had it at the loading dock at the freight terminal.
3: Hey, maybe your hunch was right. Hold it, What now?
1: Look, that guy running down the steps. A guy with his hat pulled over his face. He's his car. There they go. And we're gonna tail him.
3: Who is he, Mike? I couldn't see his face with the hat pulled over it like that.
1: Why do you think he had it pulled down? And I'll bet all the stays in your grandma's course that that guy under that hat was Henry Bryant. Wherever the car is going, it doesn't waste any time. You break a few speed laws across the town and then follow it across the bridge and out into the country. It slams north onto the main highway for 25 miles and then suddenly cuts over into a side road. That side road turns out to be bad luck for you.
3: Mark, I don't see the car.
1: Honey, I like that for luck. lost them.
3: Hmm. Maybe they took the turn at the fork a few miles away. Ah,
1: they came this way, all right. Oh, this is great. I keep on their tail for over 30 miles, and then I have to lose them out here in the middle of nowhere of all the lousy breaks. Well, at
3: least we know in which direction they were headed.
1: We can notify Pat Chambers. Oh, sure, Pat. You know what he'll say about me cutting in. Obstruction of the law. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, i just have to take the chance and tell them. And your license will go with it. Yeah. And
3: there's a building off
1: the road up ahead. Yeah, the only one. I'll phone Pat from there. And while I'm there, I'll take a look around.
3: Wait, there's a sign. Wearing
1: sanitarium. Yeah. Maybe Pat will let you off easy. Oh, well, don't bet on it. You wait here. I'll be out in a minute. Uh, The name's Mike Hammer. I want to... I'm Frank Waring, the administrator of this sanitarium. How can I help you? Well, you can help me by letting me use your phone. I have to call the police. Anything wrong? No, I get these crazy impulses from time to time to let them know I'm still alive. The police. Of course, Mr. Hammer. This way, please. I assume it's very important. Yes, sort of. I, uh, been trying to track down my cousin, Henry Bryant. Henry Bryant? He's your cousin. You mean he's here? Why, uh, yes. Mr. Hammer, how did you know? Well, I followed him here from the city, and then I lost the car and away. But I wasn't sure he came to this sanitarium. I got to see him right away. Oh, I'm sorry. It may not be wise to disturb the patient. Patient? What are you giving me? Mr. Bryant is in a very serious mental state. Now, hold on, Waring. Somebody's giving you a routine. There's nothing wrong with Bryant. The guy he worked for was killed early tonight... And he was there when it happened. Early tonight? Why, that's impossible.
0: You see, Mr. Hammer, Henry Bryant hasn't been out of the sanitarium since he was admitted at 5 o'clock
1: last night. When your jaw stops bouncing off the floor, Waring takes you to his office and shows you the record. The report states that Henry Bryant was admitted to the sanitarium at 5 o'clock the evening before. But you're not satisfied at all. The whole setup reads as phony as a set of aluminum teeth. You're in for a bigger surprise when Waring tells you he has no objections to your seeing the patient. Mr. Bryant is in the room up ahead. He leads you down the corridor to a corner room. This is the door. Now, uh, please remember,
0: do not excite him unduly. Now, yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Bryant, huh? you have a visitor. This gentleman, Mr. Hammer, claims he knows you.
2: His name isn't that. He's
1: lying. I never saw him before. Please, don't let him hurt me. Henry, you remember me, Mike Hammer. No, I came no. to see about Jim Gordon. Jim! You're one of spies. Jim sent you to. The... Henry, Henry, Jim's dead.
2: He's oh. just saying that. Mr. Waring, he's come to kill
0: me. Please don't let him kill no, no, me. Oh no, no, Mr. Bryant. No one is going to harm you.
2: Please don't let him kill me. Please don't let him.
0: I don't want to die. Please
1: don't let him do it. You'd better leave now, Mr. Hammer. Well, maybe you'll quiet down a minute, then I can ask I'm him. I'm sorry. A... I can take no further risk with the patient. Please wait for me in my office. You don't bother to wait. You get back out to your car and Velda. You wait till you get out to the main highway before you fill her in. Well,
3: sounded like he was insane.
1: Velda, Henry Brand's no crazier than I am. Well, I'll tell you one thing for sure, he's scared stiff. What do you mean? Uh, I just can't put my finger on it, but Brand is really frightened. It wasn't part of his act. Would well, you think he knows something about Jim Gordon's death? Plenty. Plenty. He was the guy we saw get into Lawrence's convertible. But you told me Mr.
3: Waring said Bryant was admitted to the sanitarium last night. Waring
1: was lying. Bryant was wearing the same suit that I saw on him when he got into the Lawrence's car back in town. Then Waring must be in on it, too. Up to his eyeballs. Henry Bryant is being hidden at that sanitarium for a reason. He's only faking insanity. And Waring's tied up with it. Yeah, I got all the answers, but go prove them.
3: Maybe we can prove
1: them, all of them. Okay, Veldie, you tell me how.
3: Okay, I will. Take the next turn to your left. That'll bring us to the village of Glendale.
1: And well, what's Glendale got to do with it?
3: Dr. Harris has his office there. You remember him. Harris? Oh, yeah, the nice old guy we helped out last year. And now Dr. Harris can help us.
1: Come on, come on. What are you getting at?
3: You want to prove that Henry Bryant isn't insane, don't you? So? so I figured it'd be a good idea for Dr. Harris to have me admitted to that sanitarium as an emergency patient. Hey, now, wait. Of course, under an assumed name like uh, Jane Barnes. Nothing doing, Felt. Of all the crazy ideas... We're going to talk to Dr. Harris right now. Absolutely not. You're not going to talk me out of this, Mike. If Henry Bryant is as frightened as you say he is, there's a good chance he might confide in a sympathetic fellow patient like, well... Boy, Jane Bourne.
0: In just a moment, we'll return to the Mickey Spillane mystery, that hammer guy. And now back to the Mickey Spillane mystery, that hammer guy.
1: I thought you'd be a smart guy and keep Velda late at the office so she'd have to have dinner with you. Instead, you're both on a wild goose chase after a guy who might be a material witness to a friend's murder. Now, to make matters worse, Velda's got the bright idea that she can get the dope you want by having herself committed to the sanitarium where the witness is. Yes, Mr. Waring, that's correct. Miss Jane Barnes. Yes, I'll bring the patient over immediately. You sit in the corner and stew while Dr. Harris makes all the arrangements. The more you think of the deal, the less you think of it.
3: Now, that wasn't so bad, was it?
1: Look, Felda, will you please listen to me?
3: Mike, we've been through it all. Everything is settled. Not as far as
1: I'm concerned.
3: You'll feel much better when we get the facts that will make Captain Chambers thank you for interfering.
1: Listen, I'm going to call Pat right now and tell him everything. Oh, no, you're not. Velda, can't you understand that you're walking right into the middle of a nest of rats? I can take care of myself. Don't kid yourself, Craig Lawrence is mixed up in this, and Lawrence plays the game for keeps. What happens if you get stuck in there and need help? Oh, I've
3: thought of that, Mike. You stay right here in Glendale. If I do need help, I'll phone Dr. Harris. I'll say, um, I want my brother to come and visit me. That'll be a signal, all right? And I
1: can't talk I can't you out of this. No. Okay, Velda. Or is it Jane Barnes?
3: You remember the signal for help.
1: I want my brother to come and visit me.
3: And now we'd better have Dr. Harris deliver his patient to the sanitarium.
1: You wait. You sit at Dr. Harris's phone and wait. But nothing happens. Every time the phone rings, you jump for it, but it always turns out to be a routine call for the doctor. He finally takes off on an emergency case, and you flop down on his operating table to wait some more. The night is almost over when the phone rings again. Hello?
3: Dr. Harris. This is Miss Jane Bond.
1: It's me, Velda, Mike.
3: Yes, Dr. Harris. I know.
1: Well, Dr. Harris was called on the case an hour ago. I've been standing by in case you phone.
3: Dr. Harris, I'm very lonely here. I want my brother to come and visit me.
1: Okay, Velda, I'll get Dr. Harris right away and come over and get you.
3: Please hurry, Dr. Harris. Please hurry.
1: Don't bother to wait for Dr. Harris. When you swing into the side road leading to the Waring Sanitarium, you change your mind about the direct approach. You leave your car down the road and get to the building from the rear. The basement entrance is open. You come through the lower corridor and head up the stairs. Nobody's around. You head to the door where you saw Henry Bryant and try the door. It swings open. Bryant is lying on the floor, and you have to get down real close to see that he's still alive. I was scared. I was scared. You kneel down close to him and beg him to talk. I I walked in on Lawrence and Jim. I saw him shoot. And Jim didn't kill himself.
2: Lawrence. I saw him. They they made me come here. Zelda,
1: where's Zelda? Who? The girl that was brought in. They, they, They said they'd... Kill me, Brian. Tell me where is she? You, me.
3: You know what? What? They, they, they,
1: Henry Bryan's eyes turn blank as the fear washes away. And it washes over you when you think of what they could have done to Velda.
0: Rather strange visiting hours, brother.
1: You jerk around to see Waring standing against the door jamb, pointing a gun at Don't move abruptly, Mr. Hammer. I hate the sight of blood. Well, you're a pretty
0: sharp guy, aren't you? Sharp enough to know what's going on in my own sanitarium. I'm afraid your girlfriend is in a much more serious condition than I thought. Meaning? delusions, you know. She said she called Dr. Harris. So? She couldn't have Hammer. Dr. Harris is dead. What? One of our doctors was called out 20 minutes ago. There was an auto accident down the road, and Dr. Harris was killed in that accident. Now, Mr. Hammer, you will please go down the hall to my study.
1: He handled the gun like it was part of his hand. So you head down the hall and wait as he unlocks the door. Well, young lady,
0: you wanted your brother to come and visit you. Here
2: he is. Hello, brother.
3: Micah, I'm sorry.
2: You're going to be sorrier, Hammer. Lawrence! I've been waiting for you with open arms. And this Mike! Gun. You two should have kept your noses out of where they don't belong.
3: Mark, why didn't I listen to you? I've made a terrible mess of things. no,
2: no. take it easy, fellow. It was a great idea while it lasted. What about the car wearing? It's out in the rear, Mr. Lawrence. First make sure Brian's dead. Then get in and bring it around the side entrance. I'll take care of these two. Right away, Mr. Lawrence. Hey, it's handy to have a stooge running a plant like this, isn't it?
3: Mike, what are they going to do to us?
2: I'd rather not ask. You don't have to, I'll tell you. You two and me are going for a ride, but you're not coming back. All right, start walking. Oh, after you, Mr. Lawrence. Wise guy. Huh? just being polite. You'll just be dead if you try any phony moves. All right, get going. down to the door at the end of the hall. I'm sorry, Belly.
3: What I wouldn't give at the sight of Captain Chambers
1: right now. You can double that for me and add a million. If I hadn't been so stubborn if I...
2: Mike!
1: <gasps> Mike, that shot, I thought you... you no, know, baby, I'm okay, but how did Lawrence get it? I'm power. Captain Chambers. Pat, where did you come from? I was hiding around the corner of the corridor. I had a clipping because he had his gun on you and you might have used it on you too if he'd seen me.
3: Gary... He went for the
1: car. Ah, you just relax. We grabbed him when he came down the hall before. Pam, how the devil do you happen to be here? (laughs) I used a new correspondence school system. Okay, okay, rub it in. Now, I had a tale on Lawrence all the time, Mike. When I got word he was on his way out of town, I just made up my mind to see where he was going personally. While I had this sanitarium spotted outside, I uh, happened to see you go in. Huh? You mean you were outside all the time? Yeah. Right. Well, why didn't you stop me right then and there? Stop you? I figure there's only one sure way of stopping you. Lock you up, say, for uh, obstruction of the law. Oh, Pat, you wouldn't do a thing like that. Oh, would you? I would. If you haven't learned a lesson. Oh, believe me, Pat. I've learned it for the both of us. <laughs>
2: Ted Corsia
0: in the Mickey Spillane mystery, That Hammer Guy. Next week, at the
1: same time, listen to another suspenseful adventure with America's number one selling mystery character, Mickey Spillane's exciting, That Hammer Guy. All names
0: and places in this story were fictitious, and any similarity to persons living or dead is purely
1: coincidental. The Mickey Spillane mystery, That Hammer Guy, is a Moss and Lewis production. Written by Ed Adamson and directed by Richard Lewis.
0: Ed Gladge speaking.